Good morning, Memphis. Uh, it is always a beautiful day in the Mid-South when we can spend some time together. I'm Sona and you're listening to Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. Every Saturday morning, I'm joined by experts from across the country who are investigating our most pressing social issues and common curiosities over the next hour, we'll learn about their motivations, inspirations, and of course, what they know about the world around us. So grab that cup of coffee, even if it's decaf, and get ready for a fun and insightful conversation. So about a year ago, you may have seen billboards with the message, COVID-19 won't bluff, stay home, man. Now, while you may not have known who was behind this very creative and catchy and so Memphis billboard, I'm here to tell you today, if you didn't know, now you know, it was 3i Communications. And today we are joined by Kenneth Worlds Jr., who is the president and creative director of 3i Creative Communications, a social impact marketing agency providing marketing strategy, public relations, digital advertising, and community engagement support to community superheroes across America. So welcome, Kenneth Worlds. It's a pleasure to have you with us this morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. That was a, a great Great introduction. I feel so honored and, and bougie now. I feel bougie. <laughs> no, 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 no. We feel honored to have you because, I mean, you have, you and your company, I should say, uh, have worked with clients, you know, including, of course, Shelby County, but then also the National Center for Transgender Equality and the Transgender Law Center, Latino Victory, the Congressional Black Caucus, United Housing, and that's just to name a few. So I think it's so amazing that not only do you have this award-winning, I should say, award-winning company um, here in Memphis, you know, in our lovely city of Memphis, uh, but also that your company is focused on social impact marketing. Right, and right. I think when we think of marketing, we think of folks, you know, trying to sell us stuff that we don't really need, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if you were just to say to somebody or just even tell somebody, yeah, I work in marketing, that's kind of where their mind would go. Most definitely. But you do something called social impact marketing. And so tell me first, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And so I, I agree. I, I it, Marketing has a a negative connotation to it sometime, right? Mm -hmm. um, like you said, selling some things that, you know, uh, no, you you don't need or you don't want. Or I just get, uh, you heard me talking on, on uh, with my friends and now it's an ad on social media. Like, you know, so, um, but for me, I think the biggest thing I wanted to do was be a part of you utilizing my creativity to help things become better. Right. I'm, I grew up in um, not the roughest neighborhood, but I mean, I grew up in, you know, some a space that, that I wasn't too privileged. Right. And so um, being in those spaces, being connected to those people, uh, wanting to see change, wanting to see improvement. Um, I wanted to find my role into supporting those type of uh, efforts. And so. Um, when we think about social impact, we're thinking about, you know, how do we create a better tomorrow, right? And you have a different, a, a, a couple of different sectors that help support that, right? You, from your your charity work to your uh, education work or medical work, the civic space, all of these different uh, industries come together to help, you know, create social change to help improve our communities. And so what I wanted to do is utilize my storytelling abilities, um, my skills and experience in marketing and, and design to help support them and help uplift their work and, and allow them to be better at creating a better tomorrow. So we won't necessarily be selling tennis shoes or soft drinks um, at 3i. Uh, most of the work we do really impacts people's lives, uh, engage them 
into no, at least knowing about things that can improve their lives. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love that. I love that idea of using your cre- creativity, you know, for the common good, for a better tomorrow. And I think it's so important because like you said, we have to one, not think of marketing just in that negative aspect mm-hmm. because all of those different entities you mentioned, whether it's charity, medical, you know, civics, education, all of those have an important role to play and still have a message that they're trying to get out. Correct, correct. And yeah, they do, a, and they, they have a lot of campaigns. Um, uh, there's a lot of stories that need to be told, a lot of uh, information that needs to be shared, um, and a lot of resources that need to be given to the, to the public. And so they, they need uh, strong communications um, and strategies to support those efforts as well, similar to the people that are just selling t-shirts, right? And so um, we, we focus on that type of work. We focus on helping them deliver those messages. Mm-hmm. And so, so far, what have been some of your favorite stories to tell through your agency? Because I know you focus a lot on like this role of storytelling, which is what it is, right? So what have been yeah. some of those favorite or maybe most memorable stories that you've told through your agency? Yeah, um, I, you know, one of, one of my favorite is the, you mentioned earlier, the Stay Home Man campaign. And, and and not because it was like an internal marketing campaign, but because of the the response that we got from it, right? Um, we, there were articles, international articles talking about how different countries are capturing the message around COVID-19 mm-hmm. and we was recognizing it, right? And so we we not only were like recognized internationally for that message, but we were able to, to collaborate with different organizations, raise money and help support people with their utility bills off a, off a billboard, right? And so that's one of those things where you're like, and, that's, and like I always tell people, I'm like, I didn't come up with the, the message uh, per se. What I, what I did, was what three I usually do is we magnify current messages, right? We uplift the messages that are out. We understand what people are, how people are talking, what people are saying, and we want to make sure they get uh, spread to the to the masses. And so um, we were able to do that, and we really touched a lot of people, built some strong relationships, partnerships, and got a lot of attention from your celebrities. Um, to your media outlets around the world. And so to me, that was a, a really impactful uh, project that we worked on. I think outside of my work per se, I think we, you know, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I think the campaign we worked on with um, the Transgender Health uh, Center, uh, Transgender uh, Center, Law Center, uh, I think was really, really fascinating, right? During a time when Trump, President uh, uh, Trump was really attacking uh, transgender health issues and, um, you know, what they, they needed, you know, support and not just awareness around um, this, this attack, because a lot of people um, go to their day to day and only focus on the issues that affect them. And so, they needed some some huge awareness, and so the campaign we were able to work on is to protect trans health um, campaign. And the it was not necessarily like we had fun doing the design or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just being able to to create a a, a, a a avenue for people to share their stories, and then watch thousands and thousands of stories roll in and their experience around. Um, health uh, challenges and roadblocks that they they're getting because of their uh, gender, and, you know, and so it was it was really like powerful for us to see that see that hey we created this 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 opportunity for them to share their stories and and it was able to capture a lot of attention. Um, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren um, was was sharing it a lot. 
you know, we got a lot of coverage and, and then they actually were able to protect trans ever, right? And so um, that's about those social impact, those long-term things that's really gonna help people um, long-term the things that we like doing. Mm -hmm. So important. I mean, just as I was listening to you talk, there were so many, I think, important messages just within that that you brought up and some questions that it raised for me as well. But first, talking about the billboard campaign around COVID-19 and, you know, stay home, Maine. I mean, I think what you said, you know, how you were able to uplift a message in a way that people had already been talking about, of course, here in Memphis with the particular slang around the use of the word Maine. So how mm -hmm. people are, are talking about something that's happening, but talking about it in their everyday language, right? How we would just mm -hmm. talk to our friends. And so I think that's really important because when I think for folks in Memphis, when you saw the billboard, it was like, yeah, that's how, how we talk or that's how I'm hearing, you know, my, my cousins or, you know, neighbors or whoever. It was mm -hmm. just a really authentic message. Right. And I think that one of the things that I've been trying to push with our, um, you know, organization, local leaders, or even your government agencies is, you know, everybody is currently on this push to to market Memphis, right? And bring, attract new people to the city and attract people to stay. And my biggest push is allowing the current residents, the, the loyal Memphians, the Memphians that's three, four generations um, in to be those storytellers, to be those spokespeople. And so allow their stories to be the ones that capture the authentic, uh, uh, culture of Memphis and allow this their the way they talk the way they cook and the way they play music the way they work or grind you know mm -hmm. allow those things to be the the truth teller of the city and, and, and watch you keep people here and you watch the types of people that you really want to be here and ingrained in the city come. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important like you said to let the people who are Memphis really be at the center of talking about Memphis. <laughs> right. You, you, you know how it sounds like, why haven't they thought about that yet? But <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we're still pushing. Like, we're still pushing. It. And so um, it, it shouldn't have been a shocker for people to see the Stay Home Man campaign and be like, wow, they thought they, they talking to us. Like, it should, that shouldn't have been a shocker. Like, the city should have been doing it. And so you see that there has to be a push in cultural acceptance and cultural respect um, in the city. And, you know, it, it, we shouldn't have to do a campaign to show the engagement numbers, to show, uh, show the success of the campaign and say, hey, see, I told you we could talk like us, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but... It's a it's a it's a roller coaster, man. We hope hopefully we're gonna push more people to be like us. Yes, yes. I mean, I think it's so key what you said, the piece about cultural acceptance, but also cultural respect. And not as a way to um, capitalize or monetize in a way that's predatory, but more so to actually completely integrate and accept that this is our history. It's also our present and our future. Right. You know, I was we talk about it all the time. It's like, you know, when you think about music and you go anywhere in the country right now, the artists that people are naming are your yo Gotti's, your money bag yo's, right? <laughs> that yeah, your young Dolphs, um, your Pushites. None of them have any type of ad campaign in the city currently focused on airports or transportation or you know vaccinations or any of that stuff. And it's like these are literally the spokespeople for, for the city right now. These are the people that that are promoting your name 24-7 in their in their on their albums. And you all are still uplifting, you know, your BB Kings, your WC mm -hmm. Handys. And and those are all great artists. Don't get me wrong, and they represent Memphis well. But what we can't do is keep reliving, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And, and, and trying to tell pe people, millennials and Gen uh, Z uh, populations to come here because we got Elvis. Like that's not got, that is gonna work. 
you know, like trying trying to we trying to push it, man. We gotta we gotta bring the culture back, like and and that's why people leave because they don't feel respected. They don't feel like their message and their stories and their lifestyles are supported by leadership of the city. Mm-hmm. I think what what's important it. it another point that you kind of brought up is that flip side, that cultural disrespect, um, not just around race or class, but also around age and generation as well. Most right? So mm-hmm. when thinking about these messages, whether it is in this case around tourism, around, you know, around a city, um, thinking about who, you know, who are our citizens and who do we see ourselves as? which yeah. ultimately is what you're talking about in, in just the couple campaigns that you mentioned, like showing one, showing other people an important maybe population or issue, but then two, you know, being able to be fully yourself as well. Yeah. And I, and you know, I think it's, and, I, and, we, and we've seen this, this conversation grow over the last few years, right? We, we've seen it. We've seen some brands actually, implemented well and we've seen some brands try and fail and Mm -hmm. so um it's it's an ongoing conversation um i think i think memphis is a slow city anyway right (laughs) i'm okay to accept that that's not a, a check to the city i think the positive of being a slow city is we get to see the people screw up first um before we catch on and but you know with that, that allows us time to really get this right. And so I think as a city, um, we have an opportunity to really get this right. And I think we just got to take the risk, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm all about those calculated risks. I love yeah. it. And yes, I definitely think, you know, for our city, we, you know, we could benefit from some calculated risks that are for the greater good and be innovative. <laughs> I agree. I, I totally agree. I, I think at this point, you know, <laughs> some people may argue, "Well, we got the lose." You know what I mean? So, I I, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'll definitely support some of those risks. If y'all thinking about taking some chances, um, definitely reach out to Three Hat Creative Communications to support the marketing efforts on it. Well, I think that's a perfect time for us to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I actually want to get more into something you said earlier, which is how we often focus on issues, you know, that only affect us, but how, um, you know, marketing can actually help us open our eyes to other issues and help us be in support, uh, maybe social justice issues or in the example that you gave, thinking about transgender equality. Um, So we'll talk more about that after the break. This is Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. And you are here with us on Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Sana, and I'm here with Kenneth Worlds, the president and creative director of 3i Creative Communications. And we have been talking about social impact marketing. And before the break, I was just mentioning um, something that you said, which was, you know, how we often just kind of focus on the issues that immediately affect us. Right. And for Mm -hmm. a variety of reasons, that's the case. But it's also important for us to be aware of important issues that are happening to our neighbors, to our other community members that maybe, you know, doesn't immediately impact us. But that's still important as we're thinking about, you know, creating a better tomorrow. So in the context of creating marketing that actually catches people's eye or ears or, or, or hearts. Um, could you tell me more about how you even begin to strategize around that? Ooh, that's interesting. I think, you know, reality is, I think, you know, strategy for us is really us just taking a step back and not looking at it as strategy, mm. right? <laughs> Taking a step back and not looking at it as work, looking at it as a campaign. Mm-hmm. Like this is real issues. These are real situations, whether it's, um, it's a, you know, COVID-19 or, you know, uh, some type of opioid addictions or, you know, 
some type of policy that is being a that's going to affect the issue like a pipeline or something like that like this is real work that affect real people and those real people could include your aunt your mom your baby cousins um your ex-girlfriend that you're still dming on instagram like <laughs> those things those affect real people and so you have to take a step back and become a real person and say all right here's the the lay of the land here's the facts here's what we need and let's think about the audience right let's think about the audience as people and not case studies or uh or you know uh measurement points right we look at them as humans and say your mom your cousin your uncle or whoever it is is in this challenge and and we know how they think we know how they understand look at things we know what they're struggling with how do we talk to them right mm -hmm. and so that's usually how this come about like a lot of times people don't have no connection to these issues mm -hmm. yeah. you know and they don't want to have a connection to the issues and i i get it but being connected in some form or fashion allow you to look at it a little more different right i think right now we're looking at um you know we're starting to see some some things that's happening uh, with the vaccinations, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but we know in places like Memphis, sixty five percent African American, um, thirty percent uh, poverty. Uh, you, you know, so in the Bible Belt, like we know these demographics, and we know our parents, our grandparents, how they will respond to a flu vaccination. Mm -hmm. You know, we we've seen it, right? And so, understanding that and being able to hear their voices as we think about these campaigns allow us to move in a direction that support their fears, that support their uh, their worries, right? And so being able um, to think through more strategically, how how do you talk to your, your aunt at Sunday's dinner about vaccinations and why it's important? And then bringing that story together and connecting it um, to the to a, a large group. Mm -hmm. I love this idea of just thinking about people, right? Again, thinking about uh, people. Another another um, you know thing that you would think people would do well here. Um, it, no, it's not not the, not quite like that. So yeah, we try to put people over profit. And I think that is a different approach, especially in, you know, a capitalist society, especially in kind of the orientation that businesses have, because of course, to be sure, you still have to generate some sort of profit, right? But yeah. there is, is a different orientation to thinking about people, to thinking about issues, to think, you know, versus purely how much revenue is this going to generate for me? Right, right, right. And I think what you, what we've learned over time is, you know, when you prioritize people and you deliver good work, people see it, right? Because especially like after COVID or after we had a couple pandemics going on at the same time uh, <laughs> last year. So uh, we had a couple of different issues. And so what we saw was everyone changing their model, business model to be more socially aware um, and so as they are switching to be more socially aware, more conscious around the everyday lives of the, their customers, they're looking for communication agencies that understand that already, mm -hmm. not switching with them. They need, they need agencies that already have that experience. And so that we become profitable when we've already showed that we understand uh, people and really enjoy the work uh, to really improve communities. And so we win both ways. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, y'all certainly do. I was thinking about what you said where, you know, a lot of companies now, um, companies, organizations, institutions, everyone is now, um, if they weren't already, they are switching to, mm -hmm be socially aware or to appear to be socially aware uh, versus an organization like yours, a company like yours, where this is already who you are. It's a part of our mission. It's a part <laughs> of our value statements. If, if you're not a do-gooder, you can't work here. 
So. Right, right. And I think that's very different when you have those values, that mission ingrained in your company through, you know, through your employees, through the people who are working there, but also through who you partner with, right? Who you mm-hmm. decide to work with and what even what projects you take on. Yeah. Um, and that's very different. And I think we can see the difference when you have an organization that social, being socially aware is actually part of their values missions versus an organization or a company where it's like, oh, this is the trend. I need to, you know, I, our company needs to put out, you know, a message about whatever the social justice issue is of the day, or else we look like we're not in tune. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we recently saw it, right? We, I mean, we we can name forty different cases. It happens all the time, right? The one of the recent ones we just put, we just wrote a a blog post about it, um, is the Burger King situation, right? Burger King recently, for Women's Month or International Women's Day, tried. They had good intentions, right? Um, but uh, a line that somebody once told me is. Never mind, I can't say that line on uh, in, on the radio station. So people take it out of context. Anyway, um, but but they had good intentions, but they it, it was a thread, a, a tweet, a tweet thread. And the first tweet was women uh, supposed to be in a kitchen, right? And if you read the other tweets connected, you will see they were. It was a play on the words to connect about women deserve better pay, better, you know, mm-hmm. support and control the kitchens or control, I don't know. <laughs> that didn't go too well for them. Um, like, how many women did, did saw this tweet before y'all put it out? Like, it was, it was a lot. And so you see people trying to respond, trying to be socially aware, but that they're going about it wrong and they're missing the mark. So we are here to help you go through a couple of different levels of approvals before you you make some terrible mistakes like that. Mm-hmm. I think what you said though was so important, which was how many women saw this, right? And so when we think about who's in the room and there are, like you said, there are countless, countless examples we could give around, you know, commercials, other forms of advertising, Twitter threads, you know, yeah. re- responses, you know, to, you know, something that's happened where, you're going, who is in the room? Who who, who signed this it? out? Yeah. <laughs> Every time you're like, I know this went through three to four people. And y'all said, cool, huh? Y'all deserve every punishment y'all get, you know? <laughs> and but I get it. As an agency, I also understand where you 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 know, you could miss the mark, right? You could miss the mark, and we've missed the mark a few times. Um, so I'm not saying we're a perfect agency at all, right? Um, you know, you you have um, your target audience and your, your primary and secondary audience, but the words you say may offend that, that fourth audience that wasn't your, your main focus, right? And you, you, you didn't think about that fourth uh, idea, client. You thought about the primary, the secondary, the third one. And so you, you, we, we missed it, but we missed it in the beginning phase, not, not publicly. So we ain't put out Burger King tweets like y'all silly for that one. Yes, yes. You know, something else you mentioned that I think really stuck out to me um, when you were kind of giving the example about kind of um, advertising or just campaigns around COVID, around vaccinations. And you said, you know, you all think about what are maybe some of the fears that you know, folks in your own family or folks that you know personally might have around a vaccination. Um, And this idea of to kind of broaden it out within an advertising campaign, this idea of not creating fear, but instead responding to folks kind of real anxieties or real questions. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Well, I used to be, I'm not going to act like I wasn't a real fear person. I was real big early on with the fear tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be that person. I realized it don't work, right? It, it, it's shocking and lifts the eyebrow and make you double take and look at it, but it don't, it don't make you move forward. And so I think when we think about campaigns, I think 
the you know like that the the city of memphis campaign uh their their vaccination campaign is a really good one from the positive land right mm -hmm. understanding that you know this is our best shot to get back to family albums this is our best shot to uh, you know, being able to go to Redbirds game, and so seeing the optimism, seeing, um, sorry, yeah, seeing the optimism, seeing what can be, seeing what people are really like. Dang, I really wish we could do this. You know, play off that one and and show it from a lens of we can. All you got to do is this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I really like that how that campaign is going currently around the optimism mm -hmm. uh, approach rather than a, you gonna die. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yes, I mean, I think again, just thinking about like different approaches and kind of um, turning some assumptions on their head when it comes to advertising or marketing or, or generating some sort of kind of support um, is taking this optimism approach or at least not taking this, okay, let me generate fear, generate fear, or generate, you know, some sort of insecurity or some sense of unworthiness, which we see in a lot of advertising as well, you know, buy this product or, or you know, do this, it's going to make you, you know, smart and pretty and beautiful and popular, and, you know, all these things, but instead taking the approach of, you know, here's either this kind of optimistic and hopeful approach, or even, just yeah. like, again, thinking about, what type of world do we want to live in? And you know, these are some now. Now let me let me let me say this though. <laughs> I've seen some some campaigns that are really gruesome, mm -hmm. and it's like I don't know if, what y'all trying to do, but it's getting my attention. I don't know if you've seen it down driving down the expressway, the little feet with the ugly toes yeah. on them. <laughs> like that ain't optimistic at all. But golly, if I have feet problem, I'm going wherever that is because I don't want that toe. <laughs> Never in my life. So I, if you trying to scare me for them ugly feet, you did a good job. Congratulations. That's you won, sir. And whoever get, did that advertising deserved their flowers because I don't ever want my feet to look like that. <laughs> That's so funny you mentioned that. And y'all, I'm like dying laughing right now because I see that billboard all the time. <laughs> I can think about where it is right now, but it's on my kind of daily routine. Yep, yep. And I just saw it the other day. And in my mind, I was like, now why do they have to put <laughs> why they put their feet up there? Like they didn't have to do that. Like, but would they got the message across if they put a pretty feet? Like, no, nobody would have nobody would have known where the feet came from. Like you, you you put a pretty feet on there, maybe you get it mixed up with thinking it's a nail salon. Exactly. Or, you know what I mean? Or you wouldn't have known that they fixed toenails. So, so I, I'm glad they actually did it because they, I don't want that. I, I don't know. I apologize to the humans that have that. Um, but, but golly, so I don't think, I, I do think they got to take it down because I try to, I be trying to eat sometime while I'm driving. <laughs> And that my food don't go to go well down uh, when I drive past them toes. <laughs> well, you know, maybe the toe billboard has a couple of positive effects. One, you're gonna avoid that particular issue, and then two, stop stop eating in your car. <laughs> That's the second one. Stop eating in your car. You weren't supposed to do that anyway. <laughs> that wasn't even part of their original intention. But look right. at it's still over. <laughs> Won't they do it? You know? <laughs> All right. oh, they actually need to now they need to actually create a, a partnership with like the Tennessee traffic control or Tennessee Department of Transportation or something because you'll minimize some uh some distracted driving um mm -hmm. putting them more putting them signs up more often Yes, you would look, and and you're right because I see it. Look, I see that billboard. I see it. I'm not glossing over it. It's not getting lost in any other messaging. I see exactly. it. Yep, <laughs> yep, I agree. Absolutely. All right, I think this is a good point for us to take a break, and so we can stop talking about the toes. <laughs> y'all drinking y'all coffee, right? Exactly. Like, Thinking, and I know everyone in Memphis who is listening knows about this billboard with, the, with the, the, the toes, the dead toes on it. Y'all know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's in your mind right now. <laughs> All right, this is 
Let's grab coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM and we'll be right back. You're listening to Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Sana and I'm joined by Kenneth Worlds, a political communication strategist and the president and creative director of 3i Creative Communications. Now, I know we talked about a, a variety of different types of campaigns, some that have been successful, some that have been not so successful, and definitely the ones that are very sticky <laughs> in our minds. <laughs> um, and, you know, feet aside, um, how do you stand out um, when there are so many messages out there, you know, even if you're driving, there's all these billboards as you're going down the street. If you're opening up any social media app, you know, it's all sorts of advertising. So how do you stand out when you're thinking about crafting campaign, crafting your message? Yeah. Um, one, I'm not going to act like it's easy. Like it's hard. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of noise. Um, I think two two ways making the message super targeted, mm -hmm. right? Like you can't talk to everybody. I think that's the first problem that ever a lot of marketers, a lot of businesses or organizations have, where they want to target everybody. I want what's the age demographic? Five to sixty-five. Like, <laughs> God, wait, everybody? Yes, everybody. And I'm like, all right. Oh, uh, what's the any racial uh, demographics? Everyone, I'm like, God, Lee, God, Lee, okay, okay. Um, what about income? Poor to the super rich, and I'm like, all right, you know, I can't, you know, we screwed. But anyway, I think <laughs> making your message is targeted, right? I think when you understand that group, maybe it's a small group, right? Understanding that group to the T, and you know connecting directly to them with the storytelling with the visuals making sure they see themselves in the things that you're putting out um and then with your ad spend go directly to where they go you know um I, i'm i was you know talking to our intern earlier today and i was telling them I'm like look for us to 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 build new leads or get, get gain clients our target audience isn't hanging on Snapchat. <laughs> They're hanging on LinkedIn. And so it may be fun to have a, a, a Snapchat or a TikTok campaign for three hours, but who we impressing? Like, you know what I mean? And now we're part of the noise because it don't reach a, the, the, the primary audience. Um, we don't get no return on investment on that situation. And we wasted time and now we got a TikTok following the people that we don't even know how to handle, you know? So, um, but just knowing a little bit about the audience and going directly to them, uh, putting the dollars, making sure you spend them dollars directly where it's going to see their eyes and they're going to see themselves in that message. Um, overall, I think that's the, you know, you still may be noise sometimes and some are hit and miss. I don't think you know, when they say like billboards or something, you got to see at least three to seven times before you even remember it. And so I don't think it's a knock it out of park first time somebody going to see an ad. You know, you got to put some time and efforts in it and, you know, build that trust and build uh, some comfortability around the story that you all put out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love what you said, how, you know, if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're really talking to no one. Man, you're just going in and out the door, man. You could have kept, you could have saved that good message for somebody, you know, for another campaign. Mm -hmm. And this idea of, you know, just because it's a trend does not mean that you can capitalize off of it. God. And, and, and people try, right? I remember like even with COVID. And so like when people, everybody was like, look, everything got to go digital now. Like, <laughs> you Kenny, what you gonna do? Like the agency just gotta, you know, turn up on digital. And I'm like, we ain't, we can't be on Instagram all day. Like that ain't, that ain't our playground. Like the people that's gonna win, who are the people that already had a million followers, right? Um, and so, like, we start from scratch. We probably need to go in a new direction because, you know, and that's how the billboard came about because it's like, I can't fight on Instagram, and I know my fight. But the people that we're trying to connect to, they still driving. 
<laughs> you know, they still on the streets. So let's talk to them directly on the streets and meet them where they are and not respond by running the Instagram with all of y'all and then we, you know, find each other and nobody get, nobody win, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so important. I think it just goes back to what you said earlier about really knowing who your audience is, you know, how they think, how they talk, right? And targeting those areas. Um, just like mm-hmm. your company, also just like your company itself was already thinking about social impact. So you didn't have to pivot in the past year when other people were scrambling around. No, we, we just started doing more support work, mm-hmm. right? Our clients were already doing good, but how do we speak to people that's losing family, right? They, they actually, we, become much, we became much more of a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do consulting work, consultancy work, but we, we really stepped up to the plate to support our current clients, um, our current clients and their effort. I think, you know, how, like, you know, how do you talk to talk to people who are um, have going through depression, um, being in their homes, you know, working from home or, or laid off? And then you ran into George Floyd uh, situation, and then like the 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 racial disparities kicked in. Why your COVID disparities kicked in? It was like a lot. And so, how do you talk to people during these moments? How do you communicate with your staff? How do you change, how do you tailor your messaging that you still want to convey that you're, you know, whatever thing you got going on, or understand, but you also understand that we're going through some rough times. So it's okay to 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 breathe and take a pause during these troubling times. So we became them type of consultants, making sure their messages were strong and connected to the audience, uh, you know, and being thoughtful, right? Yeah, I think it's so important. And you could tell companies that were, again, back, again, back to what you said earlier, like thinking about the people first, right? Thinking about people yeah. and being a person yourself in creating, you know, these campaigns. Yeah, you saw a lot of people put them on uh, them black uh, Instagram posts up. Uh-huh. Like everybody posted, put the little black picture up. And I was just like, fam, like, you don't even like black people. Like, you know, why you put that black folk picture up? Like nothing in your in your past, in your policies say you support um, African-American community or any other black, uh, brown or, you know, minority community. No, nothing in your, you know, politicians. Like y'all are actively voting against the well-beings of minority and you want to post a black picture on your Instagram for solidarity. Get out of here. You know, but so I think it's about, you know, like you said, being respectful, but having a track record, man, like you can't, you know, people remember that stuff. So they'll, they'll call it out when you, when you fugazi. So, you know, <laughs> Definitely. don't let them call it out on you. That's my, my, you know, my advice to anyone listening, clean your stuff up right now. Look, definitely, because I'm even thinking, you know, in March with the mass shooting that happened in Atlanta targeting, you know, Asian women and, um, you know, Asian activists were quick to jump on social media and said, do not post because someone came out with like, you know, yellow square. Do not put we no, do not post yellow squares. Have we not learned anything from the black squares? Like we don't have to do this. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, there's I don't know. I think. I'm at this point now, I'm not really the biggest fan on, of like, uh, what you call it? Um, like this, it, it's, it's like performative, you know, mm-hmm. uh, activism, the, like, like don't, I don't need no street sign, fam. Don't give me no street sign. Don't paint on my streets. Like, don't give me no awards because everybody in the conversation, like, of course, it's going to be a black person winning an award in the Oscars if everybody talking about black people at that time. Like, don't don't play me like that. Like, you know, like literally put, you know, they, you know, uh, in D.C., uh, the mayor put got a lot of praise for her Black Lives Matter. But she had at the same time had just invested millions more dollars into the prison system like and her police force were like. That's actually the exact opposite of what we're asking for, dog. So, right. 
you know, I, I ain't into that. But you know, we hopefully we the more we say that doesn't work, people will catch on and say, all right, let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is exactly what you mentioned earlier about like, is this you know who you are? Whether you're talking about a business, is this you know your values? Is this is your priorities? But even as an individual, whether an elected official or not, like, are these your actual values as a person? Are these your mm-hmm. actual priorities? as a person and while it's easy to repost you know a a graphic or you know whatever at the end of the day people do see what you're doing and they'll know if it tracks or not yeah and so you know and once you do it they gonna let you know and you gonna wish you wouldn't have did it in the first place like you would have just just stayed trash now you just became more trash because you were trying to cover up trash like air freshener or something like and they the worst type of people that that's that they got a, a stink to them, but also like what you put on top of this thing, like you done mixed it with some stuff. So, you know, chill, just be stinky, man. Just be stinky. We already thought you were stinky anyway. Yes, I love that. Just be your stinky self. Just be yeah. your stinky self. <laughs> Let me know that you stinky, and so I can avoid being around like that, like don't cover it up. And then I'm mad because I'm shocked that you you were really stinking. Like, mm. Now, let me ask you this, because I always like to leave the listeners with some kind of practical takeaways. So since we're talking about, you know, kind of performative allyship or ways that people could potentially misrepresent themselves, whether it's because they're following a trend or, you know, whatever the case may be. So how can we become more, I guess, critical consumers of media or, you know, campaign, advertising campaigns more specifically, you know, what are some ways that I guess we could kind of see through the stinkiness or the fake perfume (laughs) and kind of really see what's happening? You know, you know, for, for humans to have the most access to knowledge you know, today we don't even use it. And so I think like, uh, so my recommendation would be simple. You know, study these brands and don't take everything as soon as they do it as face value. Ask some questions, you know, like just, you gotta ask some questions. And I think asking questions um, and asking questions on those questions and researching and looking it up before you share it um, really helps you help to go far because one thing I people share some stuff and then take it down because they realized it was the wrong date or you know killed somebody that was dead three years ago like why you kill them again right you know because you didn't read you didn't do the due diligence on learning oh I probably shouldn't have read that because that came from a you know a, a hate mail or something like that or a scam or, I don't know. I think people got to do a better job at digging and asking questions. I ran into that with like the Jay-Z situation, right? People was like, do you think Jay-Z was wrong for selling his company? And I was like, well, you haven't got enough information. Like we heard he did a deal, but you didn't say we don't, we didn't get the percentage of how much he sold. Right. So you don't know if he still have ownership or not. He just ain't got majority ownership. Right. You don't know um, what was the thing, the deal, or what happened. His mama may have cancer and he needed to cash out to pay for his mama. Or, or like we didn't ask enough questions before we start throwing stuff on people. Right. Or, or, or attacking people. So, you know, just got to wait and learn man. dig into it and find all the details before you just, you know, and that's how you be more conscious. That literally the conscious is thinking like <laughs> thinking more answering more of the questions that you have and pushing your create, create curiosities to the level of understanding, you know. I love that, y'all. It's so simple. We try to make it so hard. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's so simple that it is complex. Like, you got, God, I can't believe I, that's all I have to do. <laughs> y'all, all we gotta do is think, <laughs> find some yeah. trusted answers to our questions. <laughs> yeah, and, and have multiple answers. Like, you know, the thing is, just going to one site or one person ain't going to solve all your, your answers in the world. It's about diverse 
uh, ideas and, and bringing them together and say, what makes sense to you? And, 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 and you know, what's true? And rather than uh, get past all the opinions and find the truth when you have multiple opinions. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I love that. I think it all goes back to kind of what we've been talking about throughout our time together this morning of, you know, getting back into your own humanity so you can mm-hmm. with other people in their humanity, in their humanness. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, well, you know, and, and that's one of the things at 3 I we try to make sure we put like, look, we understand people because we, we that's what we care about. We didn't create this to like I said, we didn't create this to to, to get a, some a, some free boxes of sneakers in the in the mail. We created this because we still have relatives relatives still struggling with health complications. We still have friends still struggling um, with the criminal justice system, and we you know so all of these things that we're trying to see better in the world because we still have people that that we see on a, at Sunday at dinner still going through these problems and that's who we're trying to help uh, improve. So as long as, once you're trying to improve yourself, your folks around you, you know, everything starts to make sense, you know, so. Mm I absolutely love that. And when we think about, you know, who's creating, you know, marketing campaigns or who's creating impact and what type of impact, it really does go back to who's in the room when we're making some of these decisions, whether it is decisions about a campaign or whether it's decisions about policy, right? Or the multiple other decisions that impact people's lives. Who's, you know, who's in the room and what have their experiences been? And I think we see the difference when we have folks who have real life experiences and real community connections in the room making these decisions. I agree. I agree. Thank you so much, Kenneth. I've learned so much from you today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here. Um, You know, and if anyone is um, looking at increase and improve uh, community engagement, voter engagement, or advocate engagement, um, locally here in Memphis or, you know, uh, nationally throughout the, the country, um, definitely um, reach out to 3i at, you know, weare3i.com and, and see how we can support the message and help uh, make a better tomorrow with you all. Wonderful. Thanks again, Kenneth. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you again to Kenneth Worlds for that very insightful conversation. And I think also really challenging how we think about advertising, how we think about marketing and what's possible. Um, So I'm really excited and I think heartened is the word um, or hopeful or optimistic that we can we can create positive change. We can promote positive change through advertising, through marketing, through the things that people are currently doing. Right. And the good that folks are doing and advertising and marketing doesn't have to be kind of like a, a dirty word or we don't have to think about it as being, you know, exploitative or predatory. So for today's positive note, I wanted to leave you with this quote that says, being human is given, but keeping our humanity is a choice. And I think that really represents our conversation this morning. Y'all, this is Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7. Thank you for spending some of your Saturday morning with me. And why not share this show with a friend? You know, you can always catch up with previous shows on WYXR.org. And you can subscribe and like Let's Grab Coffee on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Until next week, I'm Sana, and this is Let's Grab Coffee on on WYXR.